This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was the 90s. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I am Adam Lustig. And we took a week off last week. I almost feel guilty about it. Like yes. I had conflicted, active conflicted feelings about it. It wasn't necessarily a choice that That's you right. and I said, hey, we've done 69 episodes. Let's, Let's take, take a breather. A... We didn't We didn't actively take that breather. No, 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 no. The breath came to us. Yeah, the breather said, I'm taking you now. Yes. Um, Billy, you uh, and Marina were shooting a film. You guys were out of town. Yes. Up in Petaluma, beautiful Petaluma, California, shooting a movie. We were shooting Marina's movie. Yes. Hashtag biophilia. Hashtag biophilia, which again, I heard just anecdotally has gone super well. We'll get into it a little bit more. Yes. I was on the East Coast visiting some family and right. we just missed each other, man. Yeah. We've been very, very good. Pat ourselves on the back. We, when you had to shoot a television show for a bunch of weeks yeah. or when you went to Asia for a couple of yep. weeks, yep. we were always very diligent to be prepared. We and accounted have, for that. Yep. For all the listeners at home, we yes. wanted to make sure that their Friday <laughs> wasn't dry. Yes. And I was driving back after being off the grid, no yes. Wi-Fi. No you literally 4G. had no phones. So I could not communicate with anyone. Could not. So when I got onto the road on my way back, you were the first person I hit up. And I said, hey, we need to organize a podcast because yes. I'm starting a job and it's going to be harder to yes, schedule exactly. things. And you said, I'm on my way to Albany. How about that? So. Well, that was a miss. There's no real, there's no real there way to play it. we could do, really. But right. it did feel, I mean, like, I don't know. There's something, there's a, I think that maybe we've even addressed this on the podcast. But you and I, particularly you and I think this is one of the attributes that maybe has glommed from you to me. Mm-hmm. But there's a completist and a, and a thorough completist Cal Ripken Jr., nature that we have. If you're going to collect all the baseball cards, like get the whole set. We like to collect them all. Get the whole set. We just like to collect them all. Right. And that little hole, right. it feel, it, it's it's like an itch we can't scratch. Right. The yeah. good news is that when you look back at our catalog of 70 episodes, you won't see. No one's going to notice it, There's not going to be a blank column. Yes, exactly. That says, you guys didn't do this episode. Not applicable. 69 turned to 70. It always does. And this is it. There's a week in between, but in the history books of podcasts. Right. And uh, we're assuming that there will be a history book. Yes. Of Podcasts. Yeah, Jake's working on it right now. <laughs> yes, perfect. Thank you, Jake. Uh, that the record will show that we have gone right from 69 to 70, no break right. in between. And I wasn't sure. I honestly, it's, that's a good litmus <laughs> test to find out if people actually care about <laughs> your work. Yeah, both of my individual parents did. They so, said, what? They felt indiv- personally betrayed. Our two audience members yes. checked in. Yes, exactly. But we did. We got emails and we got tweets and we got Facebook messages saying, uh, episode 70, where's it at? Exactly. And that's nice. It feels really nice to be missed. Right. We thought that no one would notice and a few people noticed and right. that feels really great so thank you for listening to the six of you who actually reached out and said is it my itunes or is it you guys it was us your itunes sorry. is perfect right. please don't call uh, tim cook your itunes is breaking perfectly it was us we took a break yeah just a week um but yes. it's episode 70 yeah man two weeks ago we talked about baseball we did and billy before we launch into this episode i just do want to do a quick tangent and uh inform our listeners uh and offer you a bit of a congratulations which is that uh you worked on a project for the national football league for the nfl this past 
season mm -hmm. where you wrote uh, a series of cold open sketches for some of their Thursday night football games. Mm -hmm. One of them uh, that starred Joe Namath, Jim Kelly, and their families. Hall of Fame quarterbacks. All, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and their daughters. And the King of Queens. And the King of Queens, Kevin James, lest we forget. Yes. Um, was nominated for a Sports Emmy Award. Right. Which is such an amazing big deal. Yes. And I'm very, very proud of you. And I just want to say congratulations. I appreciate that. Adam. That's supremely awesome. Yeah. The sketch, if you guys haven't seen it, I believe is called The Empire Games. It is. Because it was like a Take em Hunger Games vibe. And there's two uh, New York State teams playing against one another. So it's The Empire, Empire didn't Games. Even the layers and layers. And this is why you didn't I'm write it. It's okay. okay. You didn't have to think about it. I was I supposed it? to pick up the nuance. Nope. The Empire Games, it's is really, really impressive. I want to say that it aired, it was like week one or two of the NFL season it last year. It kicked off Thursday Night Football. That's right. And it was such an honor to get that phone call to know that this was going to be Thursday Night Football's game because I had written one cold open for the NFL the year before. That's right. Random. And they had never had a scripted uh, cold open. Like a where, teaser vid. Where there was like dialogue. Right. They, they always had like uh, like a voiceover that like told you about like the history of Pittsburgh coal. Thurman Thomas talking head. That's right. Football is hard. Right. Yeah. But they wouldn't play it for comedy. They wouldn't have dialogue. Right. But then they got uh, Al Franken and somebody else and John McCain, Senator John McCain. Amazing. And they were like, hey, can you write this for us? That was two seasons ago. And I thought that was going to be a fun one-off thing. Yes. But then when the season kicked off. So, sorry, so you got to write a thing for Senators Franken and McCain. Correct. Amazing. Yep. It took place <laughs> on the set of Meet the Press. Uh, <laughs> What's, who's the host of Beat the Press? Oh, uh, you're but uh, Chuck Todd. No. Oh no, that's... maybe it's not Meet the Press. It's oh, oh no, it's um football football. Oh baby, oh baby, I should here really we go. Know. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I yeah, wrote it. It's just it's like okay. I, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I wrote it uh, on the set of some other show, and it was Franken and Senator McCain. Yeah. yeah. And long story short, uh, it did well enough that they yes. asked me to write the first week of kicking off Thursday Night Football. Heck yeah! And it was totally rewarding. And it went really well. It sure did. And it got nominated for an Emmy. And it is so thrilling. That's really, really legitimately awesome and exciting. I called the producer yes. a couple days later, yes. uh, like a real NFL guy, a, yeah. a, a guy's guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like not like an artist. Well, he's an artist, but like not like a <laughs> – there's nothing like like soft around. He works the for the NFL. Dude's real. He works for the NFL. He's a realist. They hit for a living. Right. Yeah. He uh, – I called him and I was like congratulations like the project is nominated yes. yada yada and he was like yeah and he's like do you have any questions and this was my opportunity to like just ask the one question yes. and I was like alright this is going to sound tacky but I just got to know if this thing's win if this thing wins yes. do I get a trophy truly do I get the trophy? What's the trophy distribution sitch. breakdown? What's the trophy sitch? <laughs> yeah. I don't need to go. What's the trophy sitch? And he said, you got a trophy. Sick, dude. <laughs> so now I want that trophy. <laughs> the ceremony itself is something like early May, like May 7 or 8. May 9th. Or May 9th. May 9th, Lincoln Center. Okay, so everybody, no joke listeners, keep your fingers crossed. Right. Pull yes. all of your, you know, favors. If you know anyone of the sports yep. Emmy community, yep. 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 we're looking for the Empire Games. Yep. To, and you're... The other uh, teaser videos that are nominated, I sh should mention, are for the Super Bowl. I'm against the Super Bowl. The, the one. Yes. The Super Bowl. The, NC the NCAA tournament. The championship. The championship. Not the tournament. The championship The game. championship. The big one. Uh, what are the other ones, Bill? Do you have Jimmy to remember v all Classic. The, the Jimmy V Classic. So that, basketball. That's a heartstrings. That's going to tug right to the heartstrings. That tugs right. You're probably not as funny as yours. And then the Army-Navy game. Army-Navy game. So in terms of <sighs> national significance. Hard patriotism there. National significance. I don't see my wacky script. It's funny. 
Oh, yeah. It's funny. Hey, this is not me saying, like, no, no, it no. doesn't deserve to. No. It stands out for being this comedy. Yes. It's against other uh, videos with serious gravitas. Yes, yes, yes. Quite grave. Yeah. Because, well, that's what I think is so admirable about the NFL. I have personally have mixed feelings about the NFL because I've been a football fan and a sports fan my whole life. But the NFL is aggro and weird for all these a number of reasons. But I think that the ability to add levity, as just as an NFL, like, objective yeah. consumer in the world, yeah. for the NFL to, like, lead with, like, a funny, self-aware Jim Kelly and Joe Namath sort risk. of being self-deprecating. It's a risk. And for me, casual NFL fan who's been a little disenfranchised by how aggro it is, yeah. loves it. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Way to, like, way to sort of, like, turn the mirror on yourself and just have a little levity about yourself. And towing the line. I mean, this is an industry that you and I have both been employed in for a while, which is sports comedy. I know. And it's, like, it's it really – it's there's only few – there's only a couple of writers that I know who can do it well, and that's only because you have to understand what a sports fan wants exactly. out of watching sports. Exactly. They're not here for the laugh. That's right. If you make them laugh in some capacity, cool, but they're not watching this because they want to be cracking up. No. To me, the perfect line to walk is sports Center. The yeah. hosts are funny. Yeah. They are light enough. Yeah. But it's always about the sports. That's true. So anytime you're hired to write sports comedy, yep. if you write comedy first where you're making these athletes act way off brand, yeah. the audience is going to like sniff it out it's immediately. Awkward. It just feels awkward. Yeah. yeah. There's a clunkiness to that. Yeah. yeah. So it's a uh, it's great honor. Well, congratulations, Billy. I really am so proud of you, bud. And if it's I, amazing. The good news is if I win, I get the trophy. Sick. And if I lose, I can market myself as an Emmy losing writer. Emmy losing writer. People Billy say that Skifuri. it's an honor to be nominated, but I think it's equally fun and funny to say, I didn't just get nominated. I'm an Emmy loser. I writer. lost. Yeah. I didn't just – it's an honor to lose. Right. Yeah, that's really good, Bill. Well, we're pulling for you, man. Thanks, bud. Congratulations. Speaking of SportsCenter, that sort of uh, leads us to a segue into our topic for today because um, SportsCenter, it was a major part of both your and I childhood. Yes. Spent many, many countless hours every single day consuming SportsCenter. Mm -hmm. uh, baked into the into the sort of SportsCenter of our youth are heroes like Stuart Scott and Kenny Maine. Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Right. This is like this – Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. I didn't even have cable growing up and I knew all of these guys. Keith Olbermann? Yeah. Olbermann and Patrick were like, like you know, I dad don't know, and dad. Classic dad duo. <laughs> right. Um, and, be, and that was back in the esteemed decade of the 1990s, right. which is our topic for today, the 90s. The 90s. Yes. Yeah. Um, again, I'll, just to sort of piggyback off that, a lot of my 90s were spent uh, tallying up basketball statistics. Yeah. Consuming sports statistics, right, regurgitating them from Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann, writing them down in my own handwriting. I was born in December of 1981. Yeah, baby. So let's say that the 90s really consisted of like 11 to – the ages of 11 to 19 for me. Yep, yep. And, and for me, it's going to be ages 7 to whatever. Yeah. 17, yeah. So, I mean, I can speak for myself that – and I know that's true of you – Baseball cards, football cards. Dominating my mind. Dominating my mind. <laughs> when you're 11, when you're 12, at least in my town, yeah. you didn't really have that many stores, quote unquote, in town right. for you. Yeah. You know, like you didn't want to go shopping for clothes <laughs> yeah. and like the movie gets played out after a while. But the card store. I know. Going to the card Sports store and buying game. a pack. Flipping through the posters. Do you remember those like huge like like framed posters the that you clack, would click? Clack clack clack. Yes. Just sort of, I could just like it's like the metronome, the yep. beautiful sports poster metronome yep. of just like flipping through. Yeah. And it's so true that those those basketball cards, much of the nineties, yeah. for us, for yeah. you and I, were consumed with thoughts of sports card. Yeah. That's true. I think that's safe to say. Focusing on the posters for a second. Yes. Can you remember some of the iconic type of posters that were happening back then? Like for me, my poster racks yes. had not the ones that I necessarily owned, but in my my store yes. had 
they would range from like Cindy Crawford-esque, like, oh, yeah. vague bikini, even though the models were still kind of in one-piece bathing suits <laughs> yeah, back in the exactly, day then. Exactly, but like a babe on a beach. A babe on a beach. That's a genre. In some capacity. Yes. Some sort of black light, like a skull wearing a top hat and a snake <laughs> is going out of its eye. <laughs> Like, just vaguely, like, this is me. Alt, for your alt son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for your son who doesn't like sports for some reason. Right. Yeah, but he's yeah. still in this store. <laughs> he would buy the skull with top hat and snake. snake. Yeah. And then you would have the traditional, like, Penny Hardaway. Yep, yep, yep. Jim Jackson. Yes, and even those sports posters were, I would say, divided into one of two categories, which were one was just like unironic, no joke, no frills, like here is Jim Jackson in action doing a layup poster. Done. But then there was that second level of like uh, of like whimsical poster, would be like a pun on their name, or like uh, Ewing, uh, that Patrick Ewing one, where he's like standing next to the Empire State Building. Uh-huh. And uh, I wish I could have come up with a more specific example, but I feel like there's a ton of 90s sports posters. Posters were huge. Huge. Are posters still huge? I'd like to think so. Yeah? I really like to think so. Posters. Do, do teens still have posters on their bedroom walls? Well, the question is, do those stores still exist? Do those card stores still exist? Because really they were that. like comic books, baseball cards, yes. like weird dolls that you wouldn't find in other places. Memorabilia. Memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I wonder if posters are as popular as they once were. You would get them in like the super tight tube. Yes. That plastic sealed tube. It was so pleasing right. to just kind of unroll it. And that's what's so funny about the 90s, just sort of in general, is that it is funny to think that, I mean, like, every generation is nostalgic about their youth. Yeah. Anybody is. Yep. You know, it's like my mother grew up on Long Island in the 60s, and to her, it's like frozen in her memory. Totally. In a certain memory. It's like the 60s and Long Island mean, like, have a certain purity of nostalgia. Absolutely. Um, and it's just interesting to see how the nostalgic memory of a time differs so greatly from the actual reality living experience through yep. it. Yep. yep. And the 90s have achieved, now that we're 25 years out, have achieved this weird frozen in amber, or shall we say teal? Yep. Frozen in Good. <laughs> Good. Sort of frozen in. 90s teal sheeny nostalgic sweetness to it yeah. um, that is just funny because now the what's the general the decade that's being sort of nostalgized is ours it's yes. our childhood which means we're old we're, I mean, that means that we are officially old men. we're old now we're old now we have nostalgia we're longing for our youth god damn it it's okay yeah that's okay it's okay it's fine right uh, i think yeah. that's how life works okay cool um so that's what we're going to be talking about this episode Great. we spent a lot of time talking about that sports semi so now we have to take a quick break <laughs> yeah. and then we'll really start our conversation on the 90s perfect we would like to thank our continued sponsor of the No Joke Podcast, Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country, that country being America. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, which I can speak from personal experience and say that it does, because I am adult in the kitchen, use Blue Apron, eat the food that I've made, and enjoy it. In America. In America. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farm, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. As a result, seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Have you been to that aquarium, by the way? I have. It's sick. It's very cool. It's very, cool. You can cool. see whales outside of the museum. What do you mean? Outside, so inside, you could see sharks. Yes. And outside in the ocean, whales swim around. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Pretty good. Who knew? Yeah. Um, they don't serve whale, no, sadly. Blue no, no, sadly. That would be cruel. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, for fans of whale, it's pretty <laughs> yeah. good. Um, but what they do offer is, uh, this month at least, spinach and uh, fresh mozzarella with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salada. You said mozzarella, mozzarella like a true paisan bell. What did I say? Mozzarella. Oh, mozzarella. Beautiful, baby. Spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza. <laughs> pizza. Yeah, not the same. 
same. Uh, there's also sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice. Yeah. Uh, there's a Parmesan-crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli. That's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And here's the thing I like about the company. Tell me. Um, going out to a restaurant, everyone's going to drop 20 bucks a meal. True. You know, everyone's going to be guilty of buying something they don't need. Yes. Um, it shakes out that it's $10 a person. So reasonable. Every meal is for two, yes. if not more. Yes. And you get fun boxes yep. delivered to your house. You get house. to open plastic bags, guys. I'm not an Amazon Prime guy. I'm not getting boxes every day. Don't you like getting boxes of things that you can use and eat? It feels good to come home and see a box it waiting It does. For you. It feels really nice. So blue, and yeah. the thing is they only also give you uh, – basically the portion control is really uh, considered and they don't really give you too much. You have only exactly what you need for the meal. So right. it's, it's considered writ in that way. So we suggest you use Blue Apron. Please. But we suggest that you save some money while doing it. Yeah. The way to save some money is to go on this week's menu yep. and order three meals, and those meals will be free <clears throat> if you go to blueapron.com slash no joke. That's right. Once again, type in blueapron.com slash no joke, and you get three free meals, guys. That's pretty amazing. Just That's do that. Day's worth of eating. Yeah. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. Uh, we are talking about the 1990s. Exactly. 27 years ago. 27 years ago. Today was a day in the 1990s. I'm sure. Yes. That's how time works. Um, we were talking in the first act that uh, much of Billy and my 90s experience was consumed with uh, fantasies of sports card, sports poster, right. acquiring fun sports memorabilia. I will say that there was something else that I was also um, very interested in, yep. and it wasn't have, it didn't have anything to do with sports, Yes, and that was Kelly Kapowski. Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. Duh. Played by Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yes. One of the heartthrobs of, again, our peer group, our generation. She was up there kind of almost on the top of the pyramid for TV babe. She was teen babe. She was teen babe at the time. I mean, she was so, uh, she was so coveted that Zach Morris even <laughs> coveted her. <laughs> Zach coveted. Zach could have anyone, she and was, he picked Kelly. We, she was so coveted, we can only put it in terms of other Save by the Bell characters. Right. That's how coveted Kelly Kapowski was. Save by the Bell was... Uh, What's the? How do you even quantify how important and influential that was? Seminal to our lives? and critical to the ninety, and it almost like typify. It's like become when we look back at the nineties. It like Saved by the Bell. The tone of Saved by the Bell is very emblematic and indicative of like the tone of nineties media. Okay, I think. and like just in the just nineties television, I should say. Okay, the guitar wails, the, the riffs, the riff, the guitar right. the riffs, stings. The, down, 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 down. the stings that sort of bridge the scenes together. The the now we look back on it is like painful earnestness yes. and sincerity and right. saccharine sweetness. Right. Uh, this sort of very special episode vibe that the 90s Definitely. carried. Yeah. Um, when Jesse took too much caffeine pills. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. There you go. The big <laughs> the big two emotions. <laughs> you're either so excited or you're so scared. Um, it was Zach. It was AC. Yeah. It was Screech. Yeah. It was Lisa. Yeah. It was Jesse. It yep. was Kelly. It was Kelly. And it was Max who ran the Max. Max who ran the Max. Building. The diner. Yep. And Mr. then you're just Prince really starting to veer out from That's there. That's right. Mr. Caruso who ran the summer camp for those seasons. Yes. And That's Leah Remini, his daughter, Stacey Caruso. Yes, exactly. Um, what, what a show. What were some of the other 90s TV shows you were digging into at the time? At the time. There was um, there was City Guys. C-I-T-Y. You can see why these guys are streetwise known as City Guys. City Guys. <laughs> <laughs> that, was... that was on maybe like a TNBC type vibe. Yeah. So uh, the way that TNBC worked is that they made Say by the Bell. And it was such a flagship that they were like, we need to just recreate this show again and again and again and again. And so Say by the Bell was, quote unquote, like California. (laughs) 
Like that was the California experience. So city guys was the New York City experience, (laughs) which meant that one of your like friends in the crew was an Asian American (laughs) messenger, bike messenger. He bikes, y'all. Yeah, and he would like always had like the street smarts, and he would like roll in and be like, "Yo, I just heard." (laughs) But like his hat is turned to the side, ninety degrees, y'all. He's hip hop, y'all. Hip hop, y'all. There was that show. Then there was city guys. What was the basketball show uh, with Anthony Anderson and uh, the blonde Theus? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That was called Hang Time. Hang Time. Running together. Hang Time. Doing it on the go. Yep. That was total TNBC. And that was squished together with Saved by the Bell, the college years. Yeah. Um, and then there was that other one where they were a band. Uh-huh. Uh, California dreams. dreams. Just let me lay here in the sun <laughs> until my dream is done. <laughs> they were like a band I, that would uh, always – the episodes would always be solved by this venue needs a band. <laughs> like a band will fix this. <laughs> 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 and then they would what get problem up. have you ever had where the solution was a lot we need a live band here. If only there was a band twenty-two <laughs> times a year. <laughs> they, so that was California Dreams. Yes, California, California Dreams, Dreams. I think California yeah. Dreams. I think you just rattled off almost the entire TNBC block. And I was there for it. That, and I was there for it. Yeah, that's huge. I mean the fashion too. Yeah. I mean the yes. big pants, big, the wide big pants. cell phones, the big hair. Everything was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the some of the TV I think that I was Nickelodeon was still big in my life at the time mm-hmm. so Nickelodeon was a big old deal didn't have cable so I know you didn't have cable yeah. I heard people talking about like Patty Mayonnaise and Doug Funny and yes. I was like sounds great Rugrats I, sounds great wish I knew yeah yeah. I'm watching like the same like Balky like Perfect Strangers reruns it's the only things I get on my six channels and Billy I, I would almost say that you're better off for it I don't disagree <laughs> yeah I mean uh, but Nickelodeon was, was Clarissa Explains It All was pretty seminal mm-hmm. that was a big big show mm-hmm. for me that introduced again like just the 90s TV style is so – it feels – in retrospect, it just feels so corny. Anything feels corny, I guess, when you look back right. at it. Simpler. A simpler just time. simpler, less complicated, less what, nuanced. What was Clarissa explaining? Okay. It all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it so, all, I think. So the creators of that show really <laughs> left like a wide open door. Right. Um, I think she explained it all for the most part. She talked to the camera, Riley. She had a Wait, snotty... she talked to the I camera, she, Riley? Like, 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 oh, sort Riley. of W-R-Y-L-Y, sort of like mm-hmm. with, a, with a wink yeah. a little bit, okay. I think, if I'm remembering Did correctly. Did she have a cat, or was that that witch? That was Sabrina the Teenage Witch, right. same actress, Melissa Joan Hart. I think I, she made it to network. That did. Sabrina, I, I think, was maybe an ABC yeah, situation. Yeah. I was I was getting whiffs of that witch. Like Clarissa 2.0. Yeah, reimagined. Are they, are they reimagined? Well, it was just like Melissa Joan Hart was so frozen as Clarissa that when she was Sabrina, it was like, well, this is Clarissa being Sabrina. Right. It was like. I never would have sleepovers. So I would be trying, I'd try and uh, act selective with my friends based on who had cable. Naturally. Come on. Of course. And I would, I would, I should, I should say, I tried to sleep, go to sleepovers yeah. at friends' houses who had cable. Of course. Right. Who have what you don't have organically. Ex- Otherwise, I'll sleep in my bed. Thanks. Duh. Yeah. So if you had, uh, Sega Genesis, or you had um, some sort of cable system. I'll I would be right over. Up, and I would sleep at Ryan English's house, and yes. we would watch Beavis and Butthead all yeah, night. Yeah, man. Beavis and Butthead was the show. Yes. Yes. I mean, it was like everyone, all the kids my age loved Nickelodeon yes. cartoons, but I didn't really, I was in school or whatever during this. So when we watched Beavis and Butthead, I was like, oh, this is my alt cartoon experience. And like in retrospect, how sweet and amazing was Beavis and Butthead? Yes. And like, uh, just, I, I just love that an MT, because that was just the premise was Beavis and Butthead watch me. 
music videos, and right? It's basically uh, like, and what is the show uh, that Barron's on now? Oh, Mystery Science Theater, three thousand exactly for music videos. That's they, basically what it is. They just clown music videos, exactly. Right. I loved that. I mean, like, and this is something that's very sort of on the nose nostalgia about the '90s, back when MTV showed music videos, and right. MTV was like that was its primary function. Right. And as creative as they got, was finding weird animated f- creative framing. Frames yeah. for more music videos. Totally, and that was all that was. I was so I would get like I would sleep over at my friends' houses yes. and I would get glimpses of Beavis and Butthead episodes of yes. you know randomly yes. where they would be making fun of a Tom Petty video yes. or a Guns N' Roses video yes. or a Warrant video because yes. like these were the bands we're at the, the time. 90s now. And I wanted more. Yeah. So years passed, and then DVDs came out. Yes. And one of the first DVDs I bought was the Beavis and Butthead box set, <laughs> yeah. and I was ready to like. Like, reclaim my youth. Like, for years missed, I'm going to, like, watch all of this now. Yes. Bummer, they didn't get the licensing to every music video. Oh, no. So the episodes were, like, 19 minutes long. No music videos. Oh, it was everything that you didn't want. It was the fans of the narrative of the episodes where it's like, I get they work at a burger spot, but, like, I wanted to hear them clown Led Zeppelin. Exactly. That's what I want. Right. Just, like, I didn't want to follow the narrative thread of Beavis's career. Right. Yeah. So if you uh, are a big fan of just the Cornholio scenes, buy the DVDs. Buy the DVD box set. Otherwise, save your 1999. I don't know why you're buying DVDs. Anyway, yeah, you shouldn't. Be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but still, unless you're frozen in the nineties, right? Yeah, nineties um, was also huge for, for a pop music standpoint. Yeah, I don't know how many concerts you were attending, but the nineties was obviously almost the only time in my life where I was a heavy concert goer. Yeah, and I know that we've touched on this earlier in the podcast as well, but specifically Dave Matthews Band. Okay. That to me is also inextricable from the nineties. Is Dave Matthews Band? Fish. You're right. That lat world of music. How did Dave Matthews? What was it? I mean, I get it. Ants marching is a great old time. It's a great old time. Great time. It's a great old and like, time. He re- in in what was the album Under the Table and Dreaming? That's right. He had a song called Crash and Crash into me. How do you get away with that? Why are you so popular? I don't. <laughs> Why did I go to ten concerts? Yeah. Why was I always seeing Ben Harper open for Dave Matthews? Oh, here's Guster again. I was listening to Gangstar, but still, when Dave Matthews rolled up, it was like. I guess we're putting on our J Crew and heading out to the Meadowlands. Oh, truer words have never been spoken. We were listening to Gangstar, so why <laughs> was it that we would always don J Crew and, like ants marching, simply mindlessly go to where Dave was playing? I knew every word to every song. How? Me too. A uh, how? It was so strange. Yeah. Um, I wonder what the what the sort of like fundamental appeal was. Uh, of Dave Matthews, but Dave Matthews Band is inextricable from my 1990s experience. Yeah, yeah I'm inextricable. with you. Was that also, like, pre-Dave Matthews, that was like, I wonder if he was the kind of, like, compliment we needed to all of the pop music yeah. that was happening. Yeah, yeah. Pop music was like, the birth of pop music was happening now. Boy bands were exploding yep. onto the scene and taking over, frankly, the entire world. Can you name everyone in Backstreet? Okay, let me give it a shot. Um, we have AJ. Mm-hmm. Interesting you started with AJ. <laughs> Alphabetical, yeah. I like to think. Uh, AJ was the one with the goatee from heaven. Okay. I think. Okay. I'm not, uh, I don't need details because I won't be able to confirm okay, those. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Uh, AJ, Brian was the front man for the Backstreet Boys. Looked like a soccer player. Soccer player. Right. Just any old soccer player. Howie. <laughs> Kevin was tall. He had the weird beard. I appreciate that you blew right past Howie's details. <laughs> <laughs> he gets no details. Okay. He gets ideas. Brian, AJ, Howie, Kevin. Kevin, Nick Carter. Thank you. I was going to say, if you forget Nick, Save people are the hot signing off. Right. Nick Carter. Okay. One he, for and one. none of them really broke out for solos. I mean, Nick Carter n- rapped at the door a little bit. He tried. He tried. He rapped at the door. It was hard to break out, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I mean, boy bands. I wonder why the Backstreet Boys couldn't pull it off. I don't, I'm not exactly sure why. There was the other boy band. Can you name all of them? NSYNC. 
Um, NSYNC was obviously Justin Timberlake, obviously J.C. Chazé. I love that J.C. gets the obviously. Well, I'm with you. Yeah, but okay. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> but like, I, I'm with you, yeah, man. And like, everyone is with you that he would get the other obviously. Scotty Pippen. But exactly. Yeah. But like, did he really earn it? <laughs> like, did he separate himself to that degree? Well, here's the thing. Only in terms of follow-up careers, I do want to say he was a judge on one of the shows for a second. So, so was got- Joey Fatone. Good point. So, the third and sick member. Of course. The third. Yeah. But JC was like the second handsome. Yeah. You know, it's like that's why everyone knew Nick and Brian. Yes. Because they were like the obvious handsomes in Backstreet. And Nick. JC and Justin were like the obvious handsomes. Batman and Robin. Yeah. Yep. But there was, okay, go on. So there was Joey. Joey. We mentioned him. Worth and- noting. Joey is a relative. Joey, <laughs> we Joey. could we could blow past that fact. Cannot. Uh, Joey Fatone is a cousin. Yeah, not even so distant. Like of... second cousin, I really think. I think that his he has Scafuris who are first cousins, okay. and they are my cousins. So that's fantastic, Joey. If you're listening, please come on the podcast. It would be an honor to have you as a guest. Yeah, I'd love to chat with you. We would be liars if we didn't say that your last name uh, split in half is Fat One. You're Joey Fat One, and we're so sorry for saying that, but that's just that's grammar. That's your last that's name. The way that letters. That's work. how it happens. We're so sorry. You about could it. be the skinny one, and if your last name was Fatone. You'd still be fat one. So, <laughs> Fatone, right? Who was incredible? Lance Bass, who asked to go to space. Yep, yep. And a fifth, yep. Lance, Chris Kirkpatrick, Chris Kirkpatrick hair, with Dem Dreads, hair for days, <laughs> Dem Dreads. You know how like every house has a junk drawer where you'll find like five <laughs> pairs of scissors, like duct tape, like old tacks, a dice. That was all in his hair. I'm choking right his now. His hair was a junk drawer. If you're, if any of our listeners are missing anything from around the house from the 90s, check it, Chris Kirkpatrick's hair. It's probably in there. There's staplers for days. You know, there's a measuring tape in his hair. <laughs> you know this. Yeah, he was like Charlize Theron from the most recent Fast and the Furious. Like oh, that okay. kind of dread. human junk drawer. <laughs> that kind of dreadlock vibe junk drawer. I believe you were there. If you weren't, we have a mutual friend named Powell. Powell yes. is a enormous pop music fan unironic loves it aficionado expert I would say yeah he knows it yeah. very well yeah. he had the NSYNC board game um, when it of came out he did. and we decided to play it Good. I'm also well versed in NSYNC obviously um, you DJed at a roller rink in the 90s you better be well versed in NSYNC yes so uh, we're taking out cards and we're not really playing the game we're just asking it's Trivial Pursuit yes. style just a million questions <laughs> and on one card had the funniest succession of questions it just cracked me up and I'll try and keep it brief the first question was um, about Justin. Yes. And it was, Justin, uh, what is Justin Timberlake's? I'm going to paraphrase, but this is going to get to the point. Yep, yep. What was Justin Timberlake's prom date's car Jeez. when she first got a car? Good God. What color was it and Deep what cut. type was it? And it's just like, you need to be a maniac fan you to answer have detailed this. knowledge. The second question on the card was, what's Chris's last name? <laughs> 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 so oh, that game also knew who who gets the obviously. You know, oh my god. Who gets god. the obviously? Oh my god. What's Chris's last name? Le- I think it's junk drawer. <laughs> I think it might be junk drawer. So oh, there's that. That's hilarious. Um let's go into the second act okay. break. These acts are flying by. Oh my god. Um all right. Well, we're going to look up what's uh, Chris's last name and we'll go to a second ad read. We'll be right back. 
Continued thanks to Squarespace.com. Thanks, Squarespace.com. They've been a very loyal advertiser on the No Joke podcast for 2017, and Surely. we really appreciate it. Yes. Um, not only are they a sponsor, but they are also a very, very helpful service. Yeah. If you're looking to get a small business or any sort of company off the ground, or even if you just want to share some of your work and you need a website, use Squarespace to help get that uh, website off the ground. Websites uh, are popular. It's yeah. 2017, and websites are in your daily lexicon. Yeah. You should have one of your own. Why not? Squarespace. Squarespace offers website design, and they also offer domain names. It's yes. all-in-one shopping. That's right. So if you have a good idea for a website and you have a clever name for the domain, just go to Squarespace and get started there. The design of Squarespace is super sleek and really modern. It looks really great. Um, they're helpful. The customer service is 24-7 because you'll be up maintaining your website at all hours of all days. Right. So you can get in contact with them, no problem. I find that when I'm looking at websites, the websites that I say, oh, this is kind of cool. If I yes. ever want to make one, I want it to kind of look like this. Yes. In the bottom corner, you'll see a little... Squarespace logo. It's always the one, right? Yeah. It is really, really good design, especially for, I mean, not especially, but just like predominantly for creative folks. If you want, if you're a musician or an artist and you want to sort of show your work in that way, it's they very, under, very conducive to that. They understand what those type of people yeah, need. Yeah, totally. So start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code no joke to get 10% off of your first purchase. That's right. Once again, squarespace.com and in the checkout, offer the offer code no joke to get 10% off of your first purchase. Squarespace, make your next move. Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. Today we are talking about the 90s. Yes. A phenomenal uh, decade in which Bill Clinton was president, played saxophone on Arsenio Hall. Right. Um, the Barcelona Olympics happened. The Dream Team arrested all of our Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. They came out. So Don, Mike, Raph, and Leo. Yep. Right? That's the big four. You nailed it. April O'Neil, Channel 5. Mm-hmm. Splinter is the rat. Casey Jones lives in Central Park, has you a know. hockey stick on his backpack. That's exactly right. So they're around. They made that movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first one. Loved it. And it opens in gritty New York City. Yeah, it does. And and there's smoke coming out of the sewers. Everybody's and eating greasy it's pizza. Crime ridden. Yeah. And there is a news bulletin yes. that comes over the airwaves. Yes. And there's people like skateboarding down the street. It's and the 90s. It's the 90s. And so the the crime that everyone has is being warned of right now is that there's been a recent recent rash of crime and specifically robberies where people's pizza and boom boxes are being <laughs> stolen. <laughs> If you need a bigger 1990s. Venn diagram of the 90s. Pizza and boom boxes Are being stolen. Oh. And there's four turtles who need to get to the bottom. Turtles! <laughs> Radioactive turtles. Yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was, uh, was seminal, another seminal piece of art, I would mm. say, to the 90s. What do you think made that so interesting? It was so successful. It was so successful. Like, if you and I pitched that, like, how would you even sell, like, why this is... It's just... I, I think it had – I think if uh, – I don't know. It did seem like a bit of a unicorn to the 90s, so specific to its time. Like you said, pizza and boomboxes. And there. the vibe of Teenage Mutant Turtles was very much pizza and boomboxes and skateboards. No, dude. We got to like get in the car and go get another pizza. It's like a scarily good accurate impression yeah. of the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's it's really, really good. So I did think – so I do think that it sort of touched on a few of the 90s zeitgeist things like surfer culture like you just like you just said. It right. was like sort of touched on that. Right. I mean animals like, like – 
like a uh, cartoon with animals is always going to be a hit no matter what. You yeah, what I guess mean? that's like, true. It just sort of had that Personify going for animals, it. right. Personify animals. So it's like anthropomorphized ninja turtles. The martial arts, like karate craze was in full swing. Was that hot then? It was like the karate kid. The, the karate kid. It's like late 80s. Jean-Claude Van Damme is in the 80s. Like karate and like how awesome karate can be. Awesome. Beverly Hills Ninja. Yes. Like we had like a like karate was cool. Right. <laughs> martial arts was cool. I was, that was another big part of my personal 90s experience. Yes. Was martial arts. Yes. So it was like in the zeitgeist in that way. Right. And then pizza. Sure. It's really, it's <laughs> begins, it begins and ends with pizza. With pizza, I think. Why was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so popular? Pizza. It was the pizza. Right. Yeah. Um, we talked about fashion. Yes. There's one piece of, um, there's an accessory that I think is so, so 90s. Okay. You didn't just put it on your body. It wasn't like a shirt or jeans or anything like that. The, the way you put it on your body was the fashion statement. Do you know, know what I'm talking about? Of course. Finish my sentence. The slap bracelet. The slap bracelet. <laughs> so the slap bracelet for uh, anyone under the age of 16 was basically a ruler that <laughs> if you <laughs> smacked it on your arm, it would immediately curl around your arm. Yes. We could go into details as to why slap bracelets were cool. We so can, cool. They're so cool. But here's, here's my suggestion to the world. Yes. Let's make more slap clothes. Yeah, man, a slap shirt? Slap shirt, slap pants, slap shoes. <laughs> Can I get a slap hat? <laughs> it's just like a little thing that's coiled up, and you kind of slap it on your head, and it just unfolds into a hat. Here's how it works. That works really well. I've been thinking about this for years. Here's how it works. Preach. You buy an outfit. Okay. Top and bottom together. Okay. These slap outfits come in as like one. It's a one piece. And it hangs on a hook. Okay. So if you remember the Jetsons growing up, I George do. would wake up. Yes. He'd get on his conveyor belt. Yes. And then he would go through his shower. Okay. And the shower would brush his teeth. Yep. It would shave him. It would do all these kind of things. And at the end, he was sparkling and ready to go to work. Dressed. Okay? All in 30 seconds. Got it. So you and I would wake up from the mutual bed that we sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> and we would um, walk into our walk-in closet. Yes. And Monday's outfit, but we, our Monday's slap outfit would be waiting for us. Yes, okay. We would um, take a few deep breaths. Okay. Stretch a little. Okay. And then sprint right through that outfit. That outfit oh, would... Oh, Bill... Robocop right onto your body. That feels really nice. And I'm ready for it. You're running into – you're activating the slap outfit by yeah. actually running into it, causing contact with it. And then it slaps right onto And you. then it just slaps and encloses you. Yeah. If you wanted to go to the bathroom during the day, mm -hmm. how do you take your slap pants off or how do you sort of de-slapify? It's easy. Okay. So you and I okay. uh, would go to the bathroom together. Okay. In our mutual bathroom, which we share. Yeah. And we would, I would stand, let's just, in this example, I'm the one peeing. Okay, very good. Um, I will stand fully clothed. Okay. In front of my clothes. Okay. And I'll turn my head to the right and I'll say, Adam, I'm ready to pee now. Okay. And you'll pat me twice on my back and my clothes will fall right off to the ground. They just fall, they don't coil up, they literally fall to the ground. They, coil, they can coil, they can fall. I'm not, I'm not a scientist. So you go, okay. But you... My clothes fall off. Now, okay. I'm, now I'm standing naked in my bathroom. Full nude. Yeah, because all of my clothes are slap activated. Your slap clothes have slapped to the ground and you're fully nude, standing in a urinal, but fully nude. Yeah, or toilet. Or toilet, but yep. you're full nude. But I'm fully nude And now. here I am. I'm there as well. You're still in your slap outfit. Very good. Uh, I will finish peeing. <laughs> Very good. I'll look at you and I'll say, Adam, I'm done now. Okay. And then that's when you'll command me to roll around on the ground. Oh, oh so, I, so you say, I'm done now, and then I say... Billy, I command you to roll around on the ground. And I'll roll around on the ground, and the clothes, if I'm good enough at rolling, should hopefully slap back onto my yeah, body. Yeah, that's really cool. You've got to be careful not to get, like, your shirt slapped onto your legs or your hat slapped onto your foot. Because then I literally need to double tap you again, and you have to start from kind of from scratch yeah, if that happens. It's a one-shot deal. 
It's a one-shot deal. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because uh, I like that it reimagines the clothes closet. Yep. Um, I like that there's an active – that there's like an actual active element of A, running into the – you run into your outfit. So there's like almost a calisthenic element. Or you can step into it. You can step in with vigor but a little force. But but the the reason why it needs a little force is that if you just grazed up against your slap outfit, it would be intuitive enough to know – Hey, he's not trying to wear me right exactly. Now. And in real life, with those slap bracelets, it was always almost fun to like see how gently you could just tap your wrist without having it coil up. Exactly. And a bracelet. Exactly. Exactly. So I love that that happens. I love that. Then uh, I love the from full clothes to full nude. Yes, uh, is an interesting transition. It doesn't really off. seem like they're on or off. Your clothes are on yes. or they're off. I th- and I think that's good. I mean, uh, that it, it certainly <clears throat> makes it simple. We've gotten very uh, gray and messy in the way that we approach nudity and I sexuality. Guess you're right. It's like nipples are not allowed here, but it's men or women. Are fine, yeah, but yeah, women can't. We can't see women's nipples, yeah. but we can see men's nipples. You're right. It's we need to level the playing field, and the way to do it is to have some fun. Slap outfits. Slap outfits. I'm sold. Frankly, I okay. also just one last thing I love about the plan is that I love that once the clothes are off for uh, bathroom use or anything, and you want to get them back on, it requires you. Roll Rolling around on the ground in them, hoping for the best. Yes. A challenge. So I like that there's a chance element to it. Maybe you'll get dressed correctly after you've peed, or frankly, maybe you won't. Yep. And we'll, it will also create more um, respectful <laughs> and careful urinators. Yeah. You know, I have friends now who will just pee all over the You're bathroom. <laughs> they don't care. They say to themselves, Look, I'm not going to be rolling around on the floor anytime soon. I could pee in the corner. It okay. doesn't make a difference. Where does pee go? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. This toilet, we don't know if it actually know. works. Whatever. I'll just pee anywhere. I'm trying to eliminate that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you don't want to pee in your own clothes. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. I'm sold. Okay. Hashtag slap clothes. Okay. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. That really works. So the slap bracelet the was. The slap bracelet uh, was. We've used this word before. The mouge mouge. It was. To a, the slap. It was. To the slap, to the slap clothing. Mm-hmm. And it was certainly the accessory du jour uh, of the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Um, it would come in a hologram form. Sometimes it would be of your favorite show, mm-hmm. i.e. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. But it's. Uh, I think it's. The bracelet is at least worth a comeback. And I think that entire slap outfits are just around the corner. Yeah. They feel just around the corner. Um, another item. Yeah. If we're talking items right now. Yes. Um, I would buy a slap bracelet and if i still had like 60 cents left over yes i would buy one of those pens that has like 10 different colors the best do you know what i'm talking well, about obviously those so are like the, best. the red trigger the pink trigger the blue trigger those are amazing yep yep big fat pens people loved big fat pens and oversized pencils the 90s were a time for those weird oversized pencils yeah novelty size souvenir pencils mm-hmm. from like how caverns mm-hmm. that you would get that would be like the size of uh like uh, i don't even know what the spirit it was it was just like a very like neon spirit yeah. to the whole 90s where it was just like big and bright and loud and funky and crazy funky and crazy yeah right? it was the uh, the wide pa- you mentioned the sort of MC Hammerish parachute pants but many of those pants and I wish I could remember the brand it might have been Zubac okay. I remember that there were pants that I owned yes. that were like exactly like what you just said flowy and weird MC Hammer parachute big wide cloth legs yep. and like gray and black zigzags baby. zigzags but chef pants chef pants basically if anyone's worked in the kitchen chefs are still wearing zigzag those zigzag chef pants in Long Island the two brands you wanted were skids <laughs> with a Z at the end yes obviously if you're starting with an S you gotta end with a Z <laughs> um, and, skids and OS OS. I don't know what that stood for. Huh. I don't, and we used to call them OSs. So I don't know if it's because everyone owned multiple pairs of OS. Yes. Or it was OSs. But if you were rocking skids and yes. a starter jacket to school, you were. You're the man. You are the biggest man on campus. You're the BMOC. Yeah. Um, These OSs were zigzag, you're saying? Or they were just They were just, yeah, they were the the apex to starter jackets. Exactly. It's just one brand is the other. Is the other. Yeah. Um, Sneakers. 
I mean, sneakers are also just sort of finishing it off of the 90s. Yeah. And, and one of the sneaker phenomenons that was so particular exclusively to the 90s, and maybe we've talked about this on the on the pod before, uh, was the Reebok pump. Yes. So the novelty of a basketball sneaker that you could affect some change over yourself, yes. pumping it up, this is a very 90s element. We loved in the 90s adding unnecessary things to things that were already working, yeah. i.e. the pump. And yep. to keep in the sneaker world for a second, L.A. Lights. L.A. Lights. They had lights on the bottom of your shoes. Every time you made contact or made impact. They lit up a little. A little bit. And it's like you a could – A little bit. You could market it as when you're riding your bike at night or when you know when you're crossing the street. Like it's a safety thing. Yeah. L.A. Lights did not do that. Not even. They were just like they light up now. Just to distract and just to amuse. Yep. Just yep. to delight. I've had um, – to split the L.A. Lights – the L.A. Gear world and the Reebok yes. Pump world yes. for a second – I had saved up enough money to buy myself Reebok pumps, and, and I'm sure it was with the help of my parents. Obviously, um, you but, got like ninety bucks at the time. Yeah, I mean, you like know, you had to work for them for real. Turns out, I didn't save up enough money. I Sorry. saved up enough money for LA pumps. Oh, stop it! Yeah, off-brand pumps. Off-brand pumps. Those man. existed. Tough. Billy. Tough dog. Because. When you buy them, you're LA telling yourself you're telling yourself that this is cool. Still, yep, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> You put them on for your first day of school, and you're telling yourself these are the equivalent of Reebok pumps. Same. No one will notice. They're not. They're not. Because that kid over there had the cool, literal Reebok pumps that had, like, the air release valve on the side. Yep. Mine just stayed puffy for a while until they deflated. <laughs> Theirs had cool colors. Mine had, like, the colors that Reebok clearly rejected from their color wheel. You guys aren't using taupe? We'll do, we'll do taupe. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take any shade of brown yeah. you guys got. <laughs> Taupe and dark taupe. L.A. pumps. L.A. Yeah. L.A. pumps. Yeah, if there's any photo evidence of that, Billy, I would love to see that. Because that's a chapter of your foot life I don't think I was aware of previously. Yeah, I wonder if I have any pictures of that foot. L.A. I think I was smart enough to not have any paper trail of that foot. L.A. pumps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, Billy. Um, Space Jam was another sort of another seminal – Was that the 90s? 95. I mean right in the – 96 maybe. Yeah. I mean in the middle of the 90s. Yeah. Um, I, what, a, what a soundtrack. What a great soundtrack. Yeah. R. Kelly. We've um, played Hit Em High, or we've played Everybody Get Up, It's, it's Time to... to yeah, yeah, yeah. Space Jam was just also very 90s to me because there's something about the product, like the like the aggressive product integration that also feels kind oh, of yeah? 90s. Tell me, like, what? I was probably too young to pick it up. Just, I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was happening long before this, but I just feel like the Warner Brother, like, well, first of all, the animation live action hybrid that was that was began in the 90s, Cool World with Brad Pitt. Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit, which is like just at the hair end of the, uh, the 80s, I guess. But Space Jam was sort of like this. And and we can make a cartoon talk to a reel. Yeah. And it was like that was sort of like the technology du jour, I should say. Yeah. But something – I don't know. Something about like McDonald's, Space – Warner Brothers, Michael – the NBA, Pepsi, all of – Pepsi, something. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're all there. Like there's something Was McDonald's that, like directly involved? Did they have to eat like the Big Mac to dunk on the Monstars? Again, like in my memory, not exactly, but probably. Right. But I would I would imagine that probably, yes. It seems like most problems were solved with a Big Mac. With <laughs> a Big Mac or a lie. Band, where are we gonna get a live <laughs> band with a big back? <laughs> Here they are, California <laughs> Dreams. And that was the thing about California Dreams, they would only play their song, their one song. It was like as if all the writers in the room who were writing the show were like, Listen, like, we don't need to write a catalog of music for these bands as long as they sing that song, Just Let Me Lay Here in the Sun. It was like 
the problems were all solved. They'd be like, the golf course was saved. <laughs> or like, prom didn't go up in flames. flames. Amazing. Oh, I wish that this episode we could have played some music from the 90s. I know, I wish. And I also just want to say, if we haven't plugged this on the podcast before, some very funny friends made uh, our friends Dan Klein, who was on the podcast previously, and yeah. Kelly, and their friends uh, made an amazing series called Teen Wheels that's yes. like a very funny send-up of this exact kind of 90s sitcom Yes, um, that, I would, that we would strongly recommend checking out. It's rated. X. It's rated triple X. Yes. Yeah, Teen Wheels yeah. is the name of the uh, web series. Rated triple X. Perfect send up of these kind of '90s saccharine sweet sitcoms. Um, that happened. That episode happened hard and fast. We but did it, man. That was that. We did it. Episode yeah. seventy. We talked about the '90s. So what we should do is, yeah. in seventy-three years, yeah, we should um, do another episode about the '90s. That sounds really good. About the twenty '90s. <laughs> the twenty '90s. Right. Yeah. So we could do what we did last week and take a week or seventy-three years off. Yeah. Or we could just plow through in seventy-three years. Plow through. We'll just put a pin in it now. And, okay. And listeners, if you're here, like, just give us a poke and a reminder. Yeah. We might forget. Yeah. In seventy-three years, we want to revisit this topic. If the second week of January 2090 rolls around yeah. and we haven't done an episode about the 90s yet. Just bug us. Yeah, just send us a tweet at NoJokePod. Yeah, Twitter will still be a thing, absolutely. No so question. just tweet us in 73 years and remind us if we forget. Good reminder. Thank you. And good podcast. Good podcast, Bill. For the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And as always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>